Um, good morning. Good morning. My name is Cassie Smith, and I am the kids pastor here at Mercy. And we are we're still in the series about John called Jesus is. And today um, I'm going to talk to you about how Jesus is an image maker, an image maker. I love this about Jesus. I love how it works out in reality. And so um, let's talk. Let's start. You know, let's start. We'll talk about imagery a little bit. Uh, how does it work? How does it function? We use it a lot. It shows up a lot. Uh, humans tend to like imagery. It, it works for us. And so uh, here's, here's some examples. Athletes use imagery, right? Like uh, visualization skills. And it turns out that they do this because if you visualize the completion of the skill, it activates the same part of your brain as if you had already done it. Okay, so it's, it's building neural pathways. Uh, poets Poets use imagery, right? This is the game of poets to kind of bring together the material world that we experience with our five senses, but they want to do it with words and ideas. And so something about good poetry does this. It connects these two things. It's visceral, right? We get a, we get a reaction in our guts when something beautiful in poetry strikes us. Uh, neurologists use this as like a rehab strategy, right? People who, who imagine previously learned movements that they need to relearn improve the skill faster. Okay, something remembers, something remembers, and something about imagining it again takes us there. Okay, uh, preachers, preachers love a good image, right? Uh, it helps us to build these bridges that we need to do the Christian life that, that we live right now in the here and the now and the not yet, right? To get us kind of to bridge these worlds. And we do it when we bridge the world of the Bible and the world of today. Preachers, preachers love how images can do this. Um, the vineyard. I love this about the vineyard. Uh, we, we teach people and we learn and we practice praying and, and receiving images from the Holy Spirit. And so we do all this because of the kind of tool that imagery is. It's, it's like a rich tool. It's symbolic. It's evocative, right? You feel or respond somehow. And it's, it's deeply personal, right? One image, one truth impacts people multiple ways, okay? And so... Um, one one thing that, that I understand now about Jesus is how much he used images, how much he loves them, and why he loves them. He loves himself a good metaphor, right, or a good parable. Uh, and he really, he really likes, by the way, like a parable or an image that stirs up something of Israel's history, of their past time with Jesus. And so this is what we're going to do today in John chapter 10. Jesus is just going to just image, 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 image. And as he's doing this, uh, it's a real red letter text. He's just talking, 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 building all these images. And there's something I think he's doing because it's the thing he's trying to communicate is so big and so deep and so like juicy and mysterious that an image does work where other types of words wouldn't. Okay. He has something to say. It requires imagery. Okay. So before we go there, I do want to say um, this is an image that I've just been carrying around with me as I've been prepping and planning this week. Um, yeah, I'll just tell you about it. You know, you know, like balloon animals, like you blow it up and you twist and make a poodle or whatever. Uh, it's a strange skill you pick up. My brother does this. What? I don't know. <laughs> but I've been seeing, seeing like human balloon animals, right? The image of humans shaped balloon art, um, except it's, it's just deflated. It's like stringy, you know how it looks all weird? It's not popped, it's not like it was poked or pricked, it just has like lost all of its air just due to the passing of time. And uh, as I've been kind of praying this week, I, I feel like that's where some of us are at. That the realities of COVID and injustice and financial burdens and family discord and dealing with, with what is in here is deflating some of us that we are feeling worn out and we are feeling floppy, 
like on the ground deflated. And I have felt very, very strongly, church, that, that the work I'm to do today is to let these images of John 10 kind of wash over us, to restore us, to breathe fresh life into us. Um, yeah, I, I, I just want to like do something essential. And so let's pray that together and then we will go to the text, okay? So Holy Spirit, will you do that? Will you yeah, bring, bring these images to our hearts and to our minds, to our guts? Will you, like with your gentleness, bring life back to us where we need it? Make, yeah, where there is not shalom in our lives, make your justice work there. And Lord, specifically I pray today, will you help us to hear your voice, to hear the tone of your voice as you speak to us? Amen. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh, so before we like John 10, 1, we got a little little background on, on John 9, okay? So Jesus is responding in this John 10 chapter we're going to read today to what has just happened in John 9. And this is the story of the man born blind who gets the mud spit combo and can see, right? Amazing story. Uh, but right as soon as the guy got healed, he gets put through the ringer, you know, through, through this just series of questions and and doubts and all the stuff from the pharisees right are like are you sure you're you were born blind you're sure it was you um i'm gonna go talk to your parents about it uh what do you this jesus guy he's not the real deal right like and all this stuff and they just go at him go at him go at him and he doesn't give these pharisees the answer they want he says hey it happened and i believe jesus did it and i believe jesus is who he says and the pharisees bounce this guy okay he's out he is he is removed from the synagogue he has, he has received a message about what the, the work of Jesus in his life is, is going to do. And so he's out. And so this is when, this is what's going on. Uh, the Pharisees, the spiritual shepherds of Israel, common image, have just been doing this. They've just been up to this kind of nonsense. And this is where Jesus starts speaking in John 10, 1. Okay, let's read it. We'll read the first six verses. It says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will not follow a stranger. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And Jesus used this figure of speech, this imagery, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Okay, so, so in this moment, Jesus has witnessed the man born blind being put through the ringer and, and he needs to respond. And the image that he responds with is this shepherd image. Okay, he describes a shepherd who does all these things. He enters the pen the right way. He calls his sheep by name. He knows them. He goes ahead of them. Let that wash over you for a second. <laughs> he goes ahead of them, and the shepherd uh, is the one who the sheep will follow. And he, he contrasts it. There's a lot of this compare-contrast thing happening in John 10 with, with thieves and robbers, strangers that the sheep won't follow, right? This is not the first time that Pharisees would have encountered shepherd language regarding their job description. Okay, it's not like when you think about shepherds and pastors, it makes sense. Like we're talking about, yeah, 
same thing. They would have been familiar with the language of shepherd. Uh, 600 years before this, Ezekiel prophesied to the shepherds of Israel, and it was not great. It was like, you're only, you're the wrong kind of shepherd. You're taking care of yourself. You're, you're using people up. Okay, and we're going we're gonna to interact with that text a little bit later. But for right now, I'll just say, I wonder if Jesus had selected an image that was less, uh, less challenging to them, that maybe painted, painted them in a better light if they would have recognized it, if they would have understood it better. We, we, we do not frequently or readily identify with the bad guy in a story, do we? It's not the first instinct. And so, and so the Pharisees can't either. And so then Jesus does what like any good teacher will do. He, he, he's like, all right, we'll try another route. I'll try, I'll try giving you more imagery to get you to understand what I'm saying. And it turns out he's, he's locked and loaded. He's going to give us three more. Okay, So three more images that Jesus has for us. All right, let's keep reading. John 10, 7 to 10. Uh, Jesus says again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in, they will go out, they will find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and they may have it to the full. Let that image work. Let it work in you. Jesus says, I am a gate. I cross thresholds to bring you from the safety of the pen to the provision of the pasture. Do you need to hear that from Jesus today? I am the one who shows up. These thieves and robbers, they show up with their own motives and their own intentions. They show up for personal gain. That's what stealing is, right? <laughs> personal gain. And so like, let's, let's also hold on to our context. So remember that this image is a response to what had just happened. It's a response to somebody's miracle, a life-giving miracle that these Pharisees tried to invalidate. And when they couldn't do that, and they couldn't get this man to, to throw off his healing, they just kicked him out. And so this life for the man, this healing, the Pharisees believed came at a cost to them. Okay, and it, it truly did. It cost them. It cost them submission to who Jesus is, and they were not having it. And I and I think Jesus knew that this was where the struggle was at, was with the, the personal cost they were experiencing. Because let's go to his second image. This is John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd. He does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a higher hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. Okay. Siam language. I am the good shepherd. He says, it's, it's me. <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's be clear. I am the one. I'm the one I'm trying to describe to you. I am the good shepherd and here is why I'm good. Right? He doesn't just name himself good. He says, the reason why is because I am willing not like this hired man, I am willing to put down my life, to put down my authority, and I do not leave when trouble shows up. Some of you need to hear that. I do not leave when trouble shows up. I do not let wolves attack. I do not let them scatter my flock. And remember, he says, I do not let them scatter my flock to the leaders who just kicked a man out of the synagogue because of a healing. And so, so Jesus is like getting in there. <laughs> he is getting in there and he's gonna go, he's gonna go one more round. Okay, let's read the last image. So he's been a gate and a good shepherd. And now he says again in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. And here's why I know my sheep 
and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. Okay, the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Nobody takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. All right, isn't this... This image is just building. It's getting bigger and stronger and deeper and more beautiful. And and now more information about what makes a good shepherd. It says, I know them. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And, and right, there's this idea of bringing other sheep into the pen that we recognize in 2020, right? That, that this is the global plan of Jesus. Uh, but the Pharisees, this was not an agenda of theirs, right? Other sheep was not an agenda. And all of, of Jesus' authority, he says... Be like me. My authority operates in submission to someone else of my own accord. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, come on, Holy Spirit. Like somebody else's, somebody else's idea. I put my life down and take it up in submission to the Father. And so I think part of what he's saying when he says to the Pharisees, no one takes it from me, is, is like, I promise you guys. I promise that there is a way that you can stop fretting about your own power, your own safety, your own provision. You don't have to take it from people. It's to recognize what's going on here. It's to recognize that this blind man's healing, his, his life does not come at a cost to you. This is not a zero-sum game. And, and the man saw it. The man responded to me. He said yes to me. And then he followed me out of the sheep pen into a better life. And I'm with him. I am for him. And it's like he's asking the Pharisees, can you hear me? Can you see me? Do you know who I am? And yeah, I want to I wanna practice this with you a little. I want to practice you. Um, like, let's respond to the shepherd's voice together, okay? I want to respond to this voice. I, I've been reading this week. Um, I found the Mystic Soul Project. I don't know if you know it, but Teresa Pascal Mateus from the Mystic Soul Project writes about how activi- uh, activism and contemplation and healing are inextricably linked. And especially in this moment, we need the potency of the triad, this interconnected way of doing this to heal ourselves and to heal the world around us. Uh, This is another image that has come up this week for us at Mercy. Uh, In the Tuesday Night Book Club, we were praying and, and we got this word from the Lord, kind of multiple words that all kind of contributed to this one idea that that if we want to go out and heal the world, our neighbors, if we want to heal even within our homes, our families, if we want to do any of that, the way we have to do that is getting at our own healing through, and I believe through contemplation. And by contemplation, I just mean getting Jesus and his images and his stories and his person, getting him in, getting him access to your inner life. Okay, this is what it means to like hear the voice of the good shepherd and to follow it out. It means, and it means like in some ways that you allow him, you learn to hear him and it does something inside of you. And so we're going to practice this today. This image, I want to get at this. I want to get it into us. The image of Jesus who, who calls us by name, who goes before you, who leads you to pasture. We need to let that soak into who we are and to let it work in our spirits because we need fuel to navigate life. We need air in our balloons. And the healing that contemplation brings makes a way for deflated humans to engage with with ourselves, 
and our loved ones and our family and the world. Okay, it helps us to be the church, to be sheep. And so uh, we're going to do this. We're going to practically do this. I told you earlier that the image of Jesus as a shepherd had a history in, in Israel's past, that 600 years earlier, Ezekiel had prophesied about this. Okay, and so what we're going to try today, Jesus says he leads us with his voice. He calls us. One of the ways that I experience the voice of Jesus is through this word. Okay, is through listening to it, to reading it, and like letting it ask me questions, letting it speak to me. Okay, you might, as we are doing this, we're gonna pry, we're gonna try. I'm gonna read a little, and I'm gonna leave some space, and we're gonna say, Holy Spirit, let me hear these words in the voice of the shepherd. Let Jesus take this image of truth and speak it directly to me. Okay, and you might, uh, you might feel something emotionally. You might feel something physically. That happens to me sometimes, especially in my gut. I'll either get like tight or I'll get, ooh, or I'll feel full and I haven't eaten. It's anyway, I don't know. Uh, you might experience just thoughts. Okay. You might experience nothing. And here's the deal. <laughs> I have ultimate faith that Jesus is working, uh, underneath our consciousness. I believe it and I'll believe it for you <laughs> if you need. And so, so we're going to go to this text. We're going to let the Lord, as a shepherd, call to us through these words and see what the what he wants to speak to you, okay? Um, this Ezekiel 34, I should warn you, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump kind of the second half because what happens in the first half, if you're a leader in some capacity of authority over other people, you go read the first half of Ezekiel 34. Uh, it has done some work in me. It, it talks about how the shepherds of Israel had failed. Okay, and it basically is they failed by, by treating people as, as tools for their own enjoyment or their own provision and not as, as, uh, as not in caring for them. Okay, so if, you are, if you're a person who has authority, and actually I think we all have authority in some way, you go back. Uh, but I'm going to start, I'm going to start where Jesus is now talking to these sheep he's pulled out. Okay, the Pharisees he's dealt with, and now Jesus would like to talk to his sheep. And so I, I believe that is for us, that this is for us. So I'm going to read a few verses, and I want you, as much as you are able, to, to like ask the Holy Spirit right now. And I ask Holy Spirit, come and be with us, come and speak to us, to like bring up or ring shimmer, shimmer words maybe, that are what you need to hear from the Good Shepherd today. All right, let's do this. Ezekiel 34, 11. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. He says, I myself will search for my sheep and I will look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on days of clouds and darkness. Okay, let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Are you scared? Do you feel scattered right now? This is verse 13. It says, I will bring these sheep. I will bring them out from the nations. I will gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements of the land. He says, I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel listen let's listen to you what's your pasture look like 
Where do you need provision? And this is verse 15. It says, I myself, I will tend my sheep. I will have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. It says, I will shepherd this flock with justice. Yeah, so today, Mercy, let's pray. Let's pray together and we'll be done. Uh, Jesus, we place your name above any other name when it comes to our shepherding. We believe that you seek us, you provide for us, you bind up our injuries, you strengthen us when we are weak, and you shepherd with justice. God, for every member of our body, scattered as we may be right now, would you speak and do that? Would you call out to us? You know our names, and we say thank you for that. We love you. And we want to follow you as a body and individually, God. We want, to, we want to say yes to your voice and ask you for more. Amen. All right, we are going to worship. We're going to worship together with, uh, with Keisha. You guys, get ready. It's so good. I, <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> 